Welcome to the Perpessence Podcast. I am your host, Brian Dussault. What's up, everyone? It has been a minute since I've been on here, and this is the first episode of 2021. A new year, a confusing year, follow or previously followed a previous confusing year and I have came to the conclusion that this podcast still needs to be relevant and needs to stay around and I was actually thinking about retiring the Perpessence podcast because I felt like I said everything I needed to say and that continuing this, it would be repeating myself and I would feel like I would start losing passion and I don't like doing things I'm not passionate about because it feels like I'm just kind of forcing it down people's throats, regurgitating it, and I'm not meaning what I say, and I'm just kind of like, not myself, you know? So, I've decided that I want to keep this going, and if I have to upload less, I'll do that, but... I'm starting to go different directions and oh, my headphones just fell. Scared the crap out of me. Huh. Um, I, I was going, what was I saying? I am going in new directions and using what I've learned and applying that in these different outlets. I am currently writing a a sitcom, a comedy show, and oh, I'm loving it. I'm spending a lot of time in it, and I and ve- I am very passionate about it. I get to use everything I learned and discuss in this podcast and applying it to comedy. You know, I'm teaching morals, giving a story, and having lots of fun, making people laugh. I'm laughing while I'm writing it. And it just feels like it's where I need to be. And I I love it. And it's a lot of work. It's crazy to come from nothing and create a whole world and create people and create journeys and like put emotions and thoughts and just worlds in each and one of those people and it's just crazy and then they start telling me what to say and telling me what what's happening next and it's it's fun it's it's what I like doing I'm writing the script actually right as right now I'm starting episode three and what I did is I plotted out the entire show from beginning to end, did outlines for every episode, the whole show, did the skeleton 
bare bones of the show. And now I know where I want to go. And now it's fun. Now it's like painting on the canvas, you know. I have everything I need. And now I just get to have fun. So I'm excited with that. Then I'm shoot. I'm going to shoot it. But first, I'm going to write it, send it to an editor, rewrite it, probably send it for some more feedback. Then I want to shoot it or pitch it. I would in a dream world. I want to shoot it. I want to make everything, do it myself. But I am not going to turn down if I can pitch it, you know, and I can move to the next project and maybe someday down the line do it myself. So I want to create a some momentum is what I want to do in that. And I love it. I love TV. I love creating it. I love watching it. And yeah, that's that. Um, I'm going to do a lot with that. I'm going to be doing the soundtrack. I'm. It's funny. I'm learning, not learning. I'd like to say I'm, yeah, I'll say I'm learning. Uh, learning rap because it's like a lo-fi hip-hop vibe. And I'm like diving into that world and I'm going to be writing my own soundtrack for it. That would be fun. And... It's, it's crazy how I split up my days because they're so hectic. Like in the car, I, I'll be rapping in the car. Sometimes when I just feel like it, you know, and I'm learning in like fast raps. Um, and uh, it was like things I was like, re- I'm like really liking. I'm like, I'll never be able to do that. But then I practiced at it and one day it clicked and I'm like, well, I want to nail that and I nail it. And then it's like, wow, I used to think I could never do that, but now I could do it. And now there's this new song and I, I'm like, oh, there's no way I can do that. And it's like, well, I thought about that the last song. So I've been doing that because right now I'm in a transition in life. I sold my house, moved into another house and have a new living environment. It is a, uh, a mixed, a blended, as they call it, a blended family. So me and my two kids and my girlfriend and her two kids. And it's just a whole new world, you know. And we have a common goal, a, a vision, a something to work for in the future. And we're working towards that. And right now it's, it's like I paid off all my credit, sold my house. I don't have a car note. It's like I see the progress. I can I can vision where I want to go, and it's going there. So I'm limited with the studio, and that's why the podcast hasn't been really going. I'm trying to utilize my time in the space I'm in. So luckily I've had time today to jump on a little bit of silence. <laughs> so it's hard with kids, you know. And, uh, yeah, transitioning into that. And anyways, that's, that's basically what I'm up to doing that. I have decided I'm going to release my, an audio version of my book on here and keep it at that. I wanted to print it and I just don't have the energy in me to, 
to do that right now. It's just not in my, I don't see it doing me any, giving me any momentum. So I want to put it on here where people actually listen to what I say versus, you know, if you put it on a shelf and it's like some walk, walker by or passerby or whatever. You know, and it's not really the audience that wants to check it out. So I'm just going to leave on here and uh, I'll make it shareable. That way we can share it. And it's called the 10 principles of being the man you want to be. It's for men, but women can listen to it. And I think women should learn what to look for in a man, you know. So that's why it's important to check it out. And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do that soon. It's finished. All I have to do is upload it. That's going to be a minute because it's, it's pretty long. But, yeah, I'm excited for that. Get that out, out of the way and check that off the list. And hopefully it will impact some people's lives. I know... When I was starting my journey, that my life was impacted on all the sources I went through to make that book, you know? So, yeah, just uh, giving forward. I'm uh, paying back my dues, basically, on that. So, yeah, there's a few things I want to talk about. 2021, we're still in the pandemic. And what does this mean? Does this force us to reflect and be in our own head and thoughts? Were we like this last year? Are we trying to ignore it, push it aside, and act like it's not happening? Does it force us to be in with family and connect with them? Does it force us to be parents, to be a husband, a wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, brother, sister, son, daughter? Or does this, or are we distracted by more technology, more social media, more Netflix, more drama, reality, video games, like reality TV shows, drama shows, you know, uh, watching other people live their lives and while we just sit here and stay in the same space. So are we being cooped up and being more destructive, lashing out, or are we growing from this and learning from this? You know, that's a, that's a tough one. And we don't really talk about that. Do we, do we go to work and talk about that? Or do we just say, Hey, how's your day going? Oh, it's good. Talk about a few highlights, Christmas, a birthday, stuff like that. But it's hard to open up, you know? So, what can we do to, to turn this pandemic into a positive? Well, we have time in our hands, right? We can't go out and have fun at events with a bunch of people. Now it's cold, it's winter, so it's even more inside. 
So we have to be a little bit adaptive. We have to find out what we do on the inside. For example, I'm writing a TV show. I can write inside. I'm utilizing my time. Spend a little more time with family. Read some books. Do a puppet show. Watch a movie together. Play a game together. Watch them play on their tablets or on their Switches or Xbox, Playstations, computers. Watch what they're doing. Talk about it. Be involved. So we're just going to have to slow down and connect with each other. Or slow down and connect with ourselves inside. So, yeah, we're still in a pandemic and hopefully we're getting out. I want to. I want to travel the world, you know, and I am not going to do that with all this going on. I just don't. I refuse to, you know. But uh, when it does lift, that's something I really want to do. I want to see what's out there, you know. I have never left the country, so. All right, moving on. What else? I'm just, I wrote a, lot, a bunch of notes, and it's kind of going to be a little bit all over the place. So this is going to be a, a little update, and then uh, we'll see where we go in the future episodes. So I had a thought yesterday. Yep, yesterday. Um, kind of dove into a, a rabbit hole, and... Well, there was this quote. It's not really a quote. Just more, well, I guess it is a quote because it's something someone said. But this person said, Someday you're not going to be here. And someday no one is going to remember you. And in 200 years, we, we don't even know if the earth is going to exist. So pretty dark, right? Pretty defeating if you really d- dive in and look at that. So you think, well, I want to create a legacy. For example, I have this podcast. I want to write. I want to create, leave behind a legacy, mainly for my kids, but also for everyone else. So they can maybe get a little impact from that and do what they love to do and impact others. You know, a chain reaction. That's what I want. But you know, leave a footprint, leave the world a little bit better place before I was in it. That's what I want to do. But will I do that? Will people remember me? Will people listen to this podcast in the future? Or will it be lost within the endless podcasts out there? In 200 years, if the world ends, was all this for nothing? It's a tough one, huh? Right? So, what really does matter then? Well, the here and now, because we'll never have that again. So, the presence. We don't know if tomorrow exists, right? So, right now, it's more important than ever. So, not being caught thinking about the future and not 
being consumed and repeating the past. Definitely not making the future the past by thinking of the past. But being in the moment. Doing what makes you feel fulfillment. And for me, that's creation. I need to create. It makes me feel how I should feel. It brings me back home. And sharing that with others about just how good I feel and what I've done and listening to them. And it opens up conversation for them to talk about what they like to do. And then just being their biggest fan in that. And like really lighting that fire to get them to do it, you know? I really like doing that. I like people pursuing their passions. So in the pre that got me thinking, present moment, and then what is the present mo moment, and then what is love, and then have I ever felt love? And I was like, well, thinking about past relationships, current relationship, family, all that. And I'm like, well, all right. I can at least say I love my kids. Like, I can be in this endless thought loop, but I can say, well, my kids, I do unconditionally love them. So what is that feeling? Okay. Well, that feeling is almost like my creating, right? It's a wholeness and oneness. That's what I feel with them. And then after 26 years old, that's what I felt with myself. And then I take that feeling. I'm like, did I feel that in any of my past relationships? And I can pick out bits and pieces, you know. But for the most part, there was no wholeness and oneness. It was more like circumstantial. Like, oh, well, fate has brought us here. Let's do this. Or maybe I'm lonely and you're lonely. Let's do this. That kind of thing. You know? And now that I kind of understand a little more about myself, I know my path, and now I can join it with another path that is complementary. And I know when I am in a moment now, when I'm in a moment of bliss, wholeness, oneness, and I can share that with someone without even using words, and I know exactly what it is, and I know how to keep that alive, you know? And that's why I think people... When they're together for a long time, I feel that they get stale, you know? They get stuck in their routines, and they kind of just want to be comfortable, and they don't sit in each other's wholeness and oneness. And that's to share each other's passions, each other's love for what they like to do, and be genuine be enthusiastic, be their supporter. Because we should do that for our own selves as well.
and then also of course you should there's there's other factors as well you know if you with a, a partner a lover you know you need to be intimate so there's different levels there too but i think the bare bones is wholeness and oneness the intimacy will only last so long on itself then that's going to start to go away because it was novel but if you're whole and one your intimacy is going to be alive because you're alive you're not using lust and unfamiliarity i can't say the unfamiliarity newness novelty to shoot you dopamine in your brain you know you can get dopamine in different ways and being caught in your monotony is going to stunt your dopamine and serotonin levels you know so it's very important to understand yourself and and, and share that with another and understand them so there's now we're getting into quotes i wrote down a lot of quotes and talking about that let's see So, one is lower your judgment and see the world and the people in it for who they are. For we can be that same person in a snap of a finger. So, that's putting yourself in someone else's shoes. And, you know, just seeing the whole situation as it is. You don't know what's happening in their life. So, you don't really need to judge so hard, you know. We can have that split second judgment and be like whoa hold back you know that's okay but when someone makes decisions and you don't understand you don't need to put a false narrative into that you know you can show concern you can bring it up or you can just let it pass and do what you're doing you know go on to the next thing we don't have ideas ideas have us carl jung so that one's that one's a trip so basically ideas we don't own them we can you know you can't copyright an idea right but they're not ours we don't create them we're not the generator ideas happen to us they come through us you know a magical magical composition you know beethoven that just came to him he didn't like have that in his head his whole life and go yes this is what I, i'm supposed to do this is I'm, I'm making this right now no he probably sat down and played a, a tune and it just like created itself just like a story creates itself so we're not the thinker of the thoughts we're more of the observer but the thing is, thoughts do have us. That's how cults are created. That's how brainwashing happens. Toxic relationships. 
you know, the outsiders can see obviously what's going on, but the people on the inside, the ideas are constantly fed into their ears, going into their brains, and then they tell themselves and they believe it, you know? Uh, influencers, you can get caught up. I've been caught up. So whatever you're listening to, reading, and consuming, who you're around, your environment, that plays a vital role in your ideas. And it creates who you are on a daily level. And we're stuck in that unless we're conscious, and we're usually not. And we'll get to that later. If an egg is broken by an outside force, life ends. If an egg is broken from an inside force, life begins. All great things happen inside. Jim Quick. So is, that's pretty crazy, ain't it? You think of an egg and you crush an egg. You just kill the egg. But if the egg breaks from the inside, it's life. Something's born, brought into the world. So if you are having a, in a bad spot and you're broken, know that if you're broken on the inside, you can break that shell and come out and be born again and create a new reality. But if you let life crush you and kick you and stomp on you and you constantly do it, your life ends and you're just in the dirt and you're like, this is what life is. It's the hand I'm dealt. But you're letting the environment define who you are. An inbox is nothing but a convenient organizational system for other people's agendas for your life. Brendan Bouchard. So that's pretty crazy to think about. You know, when someone messages you, texts you, they have an agenda. And it, it could be a healthy one, you know. It's uh, to meet up, hang out, you know. But their agenda is to, they want a little bit of fun in their life. So they need you. And that's, you know, that's just... Everyone uses each other. It's just there's good and bad and healthy, unhealthy. But, you know, people want things. They'll tell, ask you, and that's what an inbox is. So, you know, don't be consumed by your inbox. And that's why I, uh, one reason why I, I don't have social media on my phone. I only get on it on my computer, and it's, not every day, sometimes once a week, sometimes a couple times a day, once a day. But on my phone, I can easily log in all the time and I'm just distracted by it, you know? So it's just something I'm doing and I feel good. It's now part of my daily life and it doesn't feel weird at all. Now I can be a little more productive. And if people want to get a hold of me, they got to call me or text me. So it's a little more to get my a hold of me, get my attention. You have to be a little more proactive about it. It's not just a simple message. First, you create your habits, then your habits create you. Jim Quick. Very much like the ideas, right? So... It's just a feedback loop. If your habit is, well, I come home and I need to clean the house and do the dishes and garbage, make sure that everything's done because if I sit down, it's over. So you make that a habit. 
So now that creates who you are. Now you're this person that is a little more responsible and presentable. You know, you don't let things get in your way of that because you know they will. So you apply that in different other areas of your life. Well, I got to get it done because if I don't do it right now, I know I won't get it done. So it's it's nice. And you know, I could be anything. Smoking a cigarette when you're stressed. Well, now every time you're stressed, you need that cigarette. So it's now a habit. It's not law of attraction. It's law of action. You are what you do. So I really like that. Law of attraction says, well, I'm asking for it and bring it into my life. Law of action is I'm thinking of the future and making my future a current reality by repeating it, by living in it. And now I'm, all I have to do is go through my actions and, and live in the future when it comes to me, you know? That's, that's what I like to do. So like say, for example, my show I'm writing, I already planned out the end and the bare bone skeletons. Now I just have to do, I have to write and get there. And then it's going to be done. But everything's in my head because I think about it every day. When I wake up, I think I'm going to write today. I'm going to finish that episode this weekend. And then I do. That's because I live in it. I don't ask for it. I imagine it. That's why imagination is so important. Because you're living in the future. You're not living in the past. You're creating something that has not been created. Ego is the enemy. Ryan Holiday. It is. Ego gets the best of us. We get consumed about our opinions. Uh, we let people's opinions consume us. And we follow things we think we should. And then... They get taken away from us and we're destroyed. Our egos are basically just us as children, what we've been brought up as. And a lot of it's societal, you know, things you see in the ma magazines and trends and stuff like that. And peer pressure, all that stuff, you know, it's competition. And the ego is never satisfied for a very short time, you know, very, very short transactions, long-term transactions. You don't, you, you do something for 10 years, you get it and you're on to the next. So you never really, you got to take time and soak in your accomplishments, you know, be very proud of what you're doing. Boss will know it is the ego your ideas, your opinions, the things you're good at, how you look, your work, everything. They're just egos. They're hats, different masks. But in between, you know, when you take a little time, go for a walk, enjoy the scenery, be one with nature and everything, stuff like that. The ego is not there. It is refreshing, relaxing. So we need to learn how to reset or the ego is just going to grow. 
And that's why ego is the enemy, because you want more and more and more and more. The obstacle is the way, Ryan Holiday. So everyone has an obstacle in their life they have to overcome. It's kicking them down. You're the hero in your story, and you want something. Something gets in the way of your want and stops you from getting there. You have to overcome it. And to overcome it, you have to overcome within your own struggles. Confront them. Work on them. Fail a little bit. Overcome them. Become a new person to overcome the obstacle. And then you're back home with a little bit more added to your life. And you can reflect on that. But if you let the obstacle stay in your way, you're never going to overcome it. And you're going to grow old and go, I should have done something about that. I should have stuck up for myself. I should have made friends. I shouldn't have worked so much. I should have applied myself. You know, stuff like that. Someday, oh, we already did that one. This is our big mistake, to think we look forward to death. Most of death is already gone. Whatever time has passed is owned by death. Seneca. Isn't that crazy? I'm 32 years old, and my past is now in the realm of death. The future is life. Right now is life. Being stuck in the past is thinking about death. It's already written in the books. You cannot rewrite it. It's pretty crazy. We are more often frightened than hurt, and we suffer more in imagination than reality. Seneca. We really do. We, that's what anxiety is. It's not real. It's made up. You're thinking, putting false narratives, false thoughts into your head thinking the worst thing it's nature it's survival if you think of the worst thing possible nothing can be worse than that right so that's what the mind does it's just a survival mechanism 95 percent of our life is coming from the programs of how to live life that we get in the first seven years of our life that means 95% of your life is in the subconscious, and only 5% is conscious. A child isn't functioning in consciousness until after 7 years old. Whatever you tell a child they don't consciously understand, they just record. So if you tell them they don't deserve, they're not worthy, they're bad, they don't process it, they just record it, and later on, after they're 7, those thoughts are ingrained in the brain, and they're constantly being told and thinking of it. They're repeating it in their head. So that's the, who they are now as an adult. So they go and do something, they think they're not worthy of it. So before seven years old, they're primarily in theta. Theta is a brainwave. It's our gateway to learning, memory, and intuition. In theta, our senses are withdrawn from the external world and focus on signals originate, originating from within. So when you are 
older, you will unconsciously sabotage yourself to make sure the program is correct. There are two ways that the subconscious learns. Hypnosis, which is the first seven years of life, and the other is repetition, practice. And it is a ridiculous work ethic that gets you there. It takes at least 10,000 hours to become a pro at something. When you get to that level and people ask you, how, how are you so good at something? It's actually unfathomable to think about it. It's al- almost like you have a gift and you don't understand. Well, what it is is your subconscious. It's consumed by it, muscle memory in the brain. You put in the time and practice. You didn't let people tell you that you'd never be good at it. You kept it up and overcame the failures. Tell your subconscious what you want. If you're not happy, look in the mirror and say, I'm happy. You may not look happy, but once that phrase is ingrained and repeated in your subconscious, it will be in the programming. Overriding the programming is the hardest thing you can do in life. Now, that's that's what I did. I overcame my programming. My programming's it's rough. I researched it and... It's a lot of uh, bad roads, a lot of toxicity. You know, I didn't have a mom growing up. Uh, My dad worked a lot on the railroad, and I kind of grew up fast myself, you know, very independent. But I got caught up. I was bad as a kid, like, with the wrong group. I was destructive. Uh, I would have went path down the path of drugs and destruction and be a delinquent for sure I was heading that way then I picked up the guitar at 13 and stuck myself in the room and practiced six to eight hours every single day for years years and years and years that's what I did it put me in a state of bliss shut out the world and entered the subconscious by these repetitions, got good at it, and it is the backbone of my entire life now. Now I uh, am obsessive and consume, like almost OCD-like, hyper-focus, laser-focus on things I want to achieve. And it's not just self-gratifying, you know, I do this with with family and others and not just, you know, goals just for myself. So I get to apply it with other things, you know. And I did it with my own life, you know. I uh, I didn't, I knew on a subconscious level that my life was rough. I overcame it. I went down the right path in the fork in the road. But I had problems in relationships and didn't really understand that. That's because I didn't know how to receive love. And that's because I didn't know what love is because I didn't love myself. Didn't get that love growing up, you know, because moms are the ones that are nurturing and tell you they love you all the time, constantly, you know. So I had to do that myself at age 26. So if you're not happy and you don't feel love, you can override that. It's just your programming. It's just some words, some synapses in your brain. 
It's just like a plant. You sing to a plant and it starts to grow a little better. So you got to do it to yourself. No one else is going to do it. So do that. Tell your subconscious what's up. A person has an average of 6,200 thoughts per day. That's a lot. Do you think that you have that many thoughts? And are you aware? Thoughts are the language of the mind. Feelings, emotions are the language of the body. The body feels how the mind thinks. If 95% of those thoughts are subconscious, you are in a feedback loop. This is called an algorithm. And you are ran by programs and habits. You're ran by algorithms. So, just like a computer, you give them, you tell the computer what it is, its job, its code, that's what it does, that's what it follows. You're the same thing. You just got to tell yourself, be a little self-actualized, override the algorithms. So, on that note, that is it for today. It is good to be back, and thank you for tuning in. All right, y'all.